All right, everybody, how we doing? Praise the Lord. Welcome to Sunday night service. Who's ready to receive from the Lord tonight? All right. We had an excellent time this morning. Of course, we've got Ray and Janine Bench with us from Midland, Michigan. Yes. And we just had an awesome, awesome time this morning. And I encourage you, you can go back online to YouTube or Facebook and watch that all over again or listen on the podcast app there. But tonight is going to be a great service. The Lord's got something in store for us. So I pray that we are ready to receive everything that God has for us tonight. Amen. Well, we're going to open up like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States. Can we stand up together tonight? Praise God. Because we do believe America's coming to Jesus. And someone would say, I don't see that. Hey, that's all right. You don't have to see it to believe it. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. So let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's give Jesus some praise and you may be seated. Very good. Well, we've got a few announcements to go over here. And, uh, of course, the, the most uh, close coming up one is this. Tomorrow night at 6.30 is the picnic in the park, all right? Oh, I feel the excitement. I feel the excitement, people. So uh, tomorrow at 6.30 at the H Street Park, everyone's going to get together. You just bring bring some food for your family or whatnot, and uh, you can bring a little extra share. But it's going to be a really good time of fellowship and hanging out and just encouraging each other, letting the kids play and run free, letting the dads, the dads are going to play and run free, right? Amen. All right. Very good. Yeah. So anyway, it's just going to be a phenomenal time. So come on out and whether you've got little kids in the house or you don't have little kids in the house, doesn't matter. We want everybody to be there tomorrow night. All right. So 630 H Street Park. Do not miss it. And then, of course, uh, the first Saturday of June, June 4th coming up is going to be our monthly men's meeting. Yeah. The men are ready. We didn't get a men's meeting in May. We gave our Saturday to the women for the mother-daughter banquet, and we just didn't get one. So, men, this is our chance. we got to get things back together. So be there Saturday, June 4th, 9 a.m. in Victory Hall, and it is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And then this uh, coming the next day after that is the cake auction. And this is a big event around here. Uh, about every year we have our cake auction. Pastor Katie, did you want to talk about this at all? You do? All right. Hey, Pastor Katie's got some. So she's running the youth ministry, so she ought to talk about this. Amen. Well, while we're at it, do I have Ryland Mata? Mata? Come on, sir. If I call you, you run. So the youth students, when we started talking about this, they said, well, we want something to do. How many know that delegation is a ministry of Jesus? Yes. Praise the Lord. So Mr. Mata is going to bring that clipboard around for you. And what we didn't talk about this morning is that you're making the cakes, right? And the pies, yes. And you know how Cindy Grow makes hers look 
better than all of ours. It's not intentional. She's just that good. So she goes to Walmart and she gets the cake boxes or the pie box, you know, and then it looks fancy. So just a tip for you there. If you're going to, you know, go for the gold. So praise the Lord. And I'm so sorry. I'm going to rat her out. It's okay. Just climb under your seat. She made cookies this morning for her lesson for children's church that looked like the earth. Real continents and everything. Just so you know. Just so you know. Thank you, Jesus. That's what our children's ministry has to offer. The best. Awesome. So praise Jesus. Cake auction. So you're going to make some cakes. And we're going to take the cakes that Sunday morning. Then we're going to auction them off after service. And it's just like a big family party. And we joke and heckle each other. And it's a grand old time. And then that sends the youth on a trip, wherever it is we're going this year. (laughs) We're working on that. Um, But normally what we do is we take them to a place that they've never been before to get them out of their comfort zone. And we make sure that they get to have an encounter with the Lord. That being said, we were talking at lunch today about some of the things that have happened on those youth trips. And Alex Church got saved on a youth trip. And if you don't know Alex, you ought to. Uh, so then Anthony Size, who also has played on the praise and worship team and been a, he's a product of the house of the Lord. Um, Alexis Church, product of the house of the Lord. So there's so many youth students who these trips have changed their lives and they may have grown up in the church, but those encounters where God becomes real to them and reading their Bible on their own becomes so real to them as young adults. Is just tremendous. So thank you for always being a part of sending them on those. They're extremely valuable. And our youth ministry is never about having fun. We do have fun, but it's a byproduct of what the Lord is doing. So thank you for sewing into that. Thank you for being a part of that. And we're going to have a great time at the cake auction. All right. Praise the Lord. So make sure you sign up to bring something that day. And of course, we'll come. And again, it is a good time. But most importantly, it sends the kids on their uh, summer trip. All right. And then uh, the last Sunday of June is going to be Water Baptism Sunday. So mark your calendars. We don't have a sign-up sheet out there just yet, but we will be getting one passed around in the next week or two. And uh, it's a great opportunity, of course, to uh, be baptized and make a public stand for Jesus. And also invite your family and friends, and they want to see this, and we'll get them in here, and we'll preach the same gospel to them that you received. Amen? And so it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. How could you top what I just said? That was that was fire. Okay. Trish, this is for you. We're also doing baptisms that Sunday night just for you. Uh, And so the rest of you, you're going to get baptized Sunday night too, right? Praise the Lord. All right. Yeah. Hey, uh, amen. First time ever we're doing Sunday morning and Sunday night baptisms. All right. We'll keep the water in there as long as you keep them coming. We'll keep dunking them. Come on, somebody. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, that's all the good news for tonight before it gets any more weird than that. We're going to do our Sunday night tithes and offerings. Who knows what time it is now? Amen. All right. Can we get our ushers up here? All right. Pastor's going to come on up. Praise the Lord. (laughs) We are well planned out, my friends. (laughs) If you need an envelope, raise your hand. If you're giving online, go to hdwc.org slash giving. And we're going to take the the offering for the benches at the end of the service. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say glory to God. 
And I'm a product of youth camp. My family wasn't Christians, but uh, my, my grandma was Baptist. She used to take us to church, and they said, I'm going to have a camp over in Ohio. And I thought, man, I might get a girl over there. So I went over there to chase the girls. But when I got to Ohio, after about the third night, I was up there at the altar crying. And the Baptist evangelist led me to Jesus. And so that lasted for about a year. I wasn't in a Christian family, so had persecution at school, persecution at home through my parents and everything. So left. But the thing is, it stuck with me. And I was thinking about tithing. In the Baptist church, they taught us tithing. And I I tithed off everything I got. I started working when I was eight years old. And so I tithed off everything I got. And uh, long story short, when I got born again for real at 28 and a half years old, the first thing I did, I knew. I mean, my heart was burning. I knew I'm going to tithe. I'm going to tithe. And I didn't know where it was in the Bible, but I knew in my heart that's what God wanted. So I've been a tither ever since. Amen. But that was youth camp. That was youth camp, Camp Chautauqua, Ohio. That was Indian Territory, or Native American. Open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6, and I'm going to tag on to what Reverend Ray taught on this morning, thinking about the tithing factor. How many know that the country is financially going through some pretty serious times right now? And you know, this morning, I noticed when... Uh, we was talking about gasoline, and I said, boy, uh, I wish gas was $5 a gallon, and Ray started laughing. <laughs> but if you've been paying, we've been paying, $5 a gallon looks pretty good right now. <laughs> it looks better than things. But anyway, uh, I know what's, what's always been my key to financial stability is consistency in being a tither and serving God. And so Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, if there's ever a time you shouldn't sit on the fence about your finances with God, it's now. Amen. You know that you, you know that Jesus, uh, when he says he supplies all you need, that means if gasoline costs $10 a gallon, he's still got $10 for a gallon of gas. Amen. You know, if you've got a car right now, because it's the best you can do, your car gets 15 miles to a gallon instead of 30 or 40 miles to a gallon, you know, he's still got the money to put gas in it. But there's always the man part and the God part. We've got to do our part. But verse 12, uh, this morning, uh, Reverend Ray talked about consistency. Hebrews 6, 12 says, hey, Be not slothful, don't be lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience, faith and patience, inherit what? The promises. And so one of the promises is by God supplies all your need. Another one is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things are added unto you. Through faith and patience. And that word patience right there not only means just sticking with it, but it means to be constant, to be consistent. And, you know, I was, I was looking at this verse a minute ago before I came up here, and I was thinking back in Indiana when I used to watch the farmers, got a couple sons that has been in the farming for a long time, but we had thousands and thousands of acres there. And I watched those farmers get out there, and about all day long, they just back and forth it, back and forth it, back and forth it, back and forth, and plowed those rows up. And they got rows and rows and rows for miles and miles and miles. They've just stayed patient with it. Can you imagine all day long for days at a time driving a tractor going back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth? And then during the course of the year, they put things on there to fertilize them. Then they put things on there to keep bugs off and things from happening like that. But then you know what the promise is? At harvest time, they go out there, 
and they'll go back and forth again, but this time they're bringing money in. Because they bring that in, and that money comes in. You know what that is? That, that's education money for the kids to go to school. That's money for their house. That's money for their cars. That's money for all they need. So all that patience they did all that time. And, you know, then I, then I think about the pioneer days. And we did have some Amish out there. They actually, I saw, I saw, I'd see one out there plowed in long, pretty dresses behind mules. Those, those mules got blinders on their eyes so they can't look left or right. All they see straight back and forth. It's just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I thought about my life as a tither that they got him as a, as a young Baptist boy. Then when I got born again at 28 years old, that what have I done for all my years of Christianity? I've tithed, I've tithed. And there was a question about what are we going to do this week? I tithe. What's the first thing you do? You tithe. What's the first thing you do? You tithe. What's the first thing you do? Well, what if things get bad? You tithe. Well, why do you tithe? Because what the windows of heaven opened. What the divine rebuked. You want God to be able to move. So you keep on tithing, tithing, tithing. But that, that word he gave this morning about consistency, that's our Christian life. We're consistent. We're consistent. We're consistent. When we know what the Bible says, we just get our head out of the way, listen to our heart, obey the Bible. And then sometimes you have to look in the mirror and say, dumb head, shut up. We're going with God. Amen? Amen. So that's how you do it. You just keep on doing what you're doing. And based upon the Word of God, I can tell you this. No matter what goes on with your job, what goes on in life, if you'll love people, love God, and be faithful with your money to Him, you'll always have more than enough. You'll always have more than enough. When this thing's over, and, and all is said and done, everybody's got their sad stories, you say, well, I don't have a sad story. i got a glad story. My glad thing is this. My family kept on eating. We kept on driving, kept on having what we needed. And that's the way it is. Amen? Amen, amen. All right. Are we ready? Financial faith confession. Let's stand up. And as this morning, at the end of the service, we'll take up an offering for, for, for Brother Ray. And so into him. But I'll tell you what, how many believe that he's good ground? Amen. Lots of changed lives this morning. Again. Well, let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales of commission, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings increased. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs. So I have more than enough to take care of my family, give ministry to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us tonight at the altar as we worship the Lord. Drop off your offering and sing up front with us. Or you can sing from your chairs.
raise our hands to him tonight. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. We thank you that your mercy never comes to an end. Your mercies are new every single morning. Great is thy faithfulness to us, Lord. We praise your name. And God, tonight in this, in this service, in this atmosphere, I pray that our hearts be open to receive your word, Lord. If we've got any hardness of heart, any, anything else that would try to block your word, the seed of your word from being sown and received, Lord, we just, we pray that our hearts are softened and pure and ready to receive tonight, Father. We don't want to leave like we came in. We want to be better for you, Jesus. We want to be more for you, Jesus. We want to be everything that you need us to be. We love you so much, and we praise your name tonight. You are good, and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we give Jesus some praise together tonight? Amen. Amen. It's good to be in his presence. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, as I said earlier, we had a, just a wonderful time this morning, and uh, tonight is going to be even better. Uh, we, of course, we've got Ray and Janine Bench with us here from Midland, Michigan, and, uh, and Ray has been coming to our church since, I think, 2010. And uh, every time, man, it's just always something uh, that we need to hear. It's always very timely. And as I saw him laying hands on people today and, and just speaking into their lives, I'm like, yep. That's what that one needed to hear. Yep, that's what that one. And so uh, the Lord's just always speaking right through him. And a uh, quick story about Ray. I mean, first of all, i got to say that I've never heard anybody that could tell stories better than this guy. He is so gifted. Uh, I, I watched the Andy Griffith show, and Andy's really good at story. Ray Bench is up there with Andy Griffith. I'm just, I'm going to be, yeah. I'm hoping he'll share. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to, but. Uh, back in September, I had this appendix surgery at the last minute. Didn't know that was coming. But one night, we're sitting there, and there's a knock on the door, and it's a pizza guy. And then they've got pizzas. And I'm like, uh, we didn't order pizza. And they're like, well, it's from Ray. And I'm like, 
Ray, uh, I, my first thought was Ray Liana. I'm like, why would Ray Liana order me pizza? I, I, and so then I'm like, well, no, we got another man at the church named Ray. And I'm like, and so I'm like, which Ray sent us pizzas? And, and then finally, uh, later on that night, we get a message from Michigan. Hey, how was the pizza? I'm like, what? You ordered us pizza from Michigan? And so anyway, but that's the kind of guy that we're talking about here. Amen. He's got pastors and friends all over the world and he was thinking of us that meant a lot to us so we appreciate ray and and we're getting to know janine so much this time around so they are just an absolute the real deal there's nothing fake here at all these guys are the cream of the crop and so can we give a wonderful barstow high desert word center welcome for reverend ray and janine bench yes amen yes sir be ready to receive tonight While you're standing, let's pray, everybody. That'd be all right. Raise your hands. Lord, we give you praise and glory. No matter what people are going through, no matter what life has dealt us, you are the God, a very God. You walked the same path. You didn't just send Moses through the wilderness. You went with him. You were the cloud, Lord, that covered him by day. You were the fire that warmed them by night. You're the rock that was struck that the water of the Holy Spirit might fall out. Lord, we give you praise and glory that no matter what life has dealt us today, you are there with us. And if you're with us, we're going to always, always be okay. Lord, we just trust you tonight. We thank you. We open our heart to the word of God tonight. Thank you for this wonderful church and the leadership of it. Thank you for every person that sows and gives and helps build this work. Bless them richly, my Father, I pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Acts, chapter 4. We'll get into the scriptures. Amen. So good to see everybody back this evening. Had a good time teaching the word this morning. A lot of Bible verses this morning, but I like that. Amen. Don't need people's opinion. I love people, but I'd like to hear from God. Amen. Hallelujah. I like to say it this way. You know, your pastor, when he speaks, he should sound like the red letters of your Bible. He should sound like Jesus Christ. That's supposedly, and in this church it is, that's who hired him. Amen. If my, uh, I've called my wife Janine before, and uh, it shows up on the caller ID that I, her name, you know, but one time my daughter picked it up and said, hello. So I was busy, and I, I talked for just a minute, and finally I said, give the phone to your mother. And she just thought, you know, well, how can you tell? I said, because I know my wife's voice. I love my wife. I've been with her, amen, all these years. I know what she sounds like. I know what, she, what she'll go for, what she won't go for. Just learn that about their mom right away, amen. When you're, when a minister of the gospel, a true God-called minister of the gospel speaks, he will sound like Jesus Christ. If he doesn't, run for your life. Run for your life. They should have the heart of God. They should express the heart of God. Because we were hired by God to teach you his ways. Can you say amen? amen. If you go to Lowe's and they tell you about Home Depot, that guy's going to get fired pretty quick. If you come to church and we sound like the world, I don't care if you got the blue uniform on, you're in the wrong store, brother. Amen. Amen. You shouldn't represent them here. 
Hallelujah. So when you come to the house of God, and that's the beauty of this church, is we're to help, here to help you walk with God Almighty. Amen. Can't make you popular. Don't know how to be popular. Wouldn't teach it if I did. Amen. One of my favorite verses in John chapter 5, 39, 40, amplified version. Jesus said, I crave no human honor. I seek no mortal fame. In other words, I'm not trying to be popular. Now, there's no better known figure throughout history than Jesus Christ. Nobody even comes close. But his aim was to please the Father, not men. Amen? That's the difference. Can you say amen? Did you find Acts chapter... Let's actually go Acts chapter 4, verse 5. I'm sorry if I led you astray. I'll get you back on course here. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 4, verse 5. It says this, it says, And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers and elders and the scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. Now just pause for just a minute. We have kind of two guys in this story, but we're going to focus in a little bit on Peter. Peter, before he met Jesus Christ, does anybody remember what he did for a living? He was a fisherman. I love this about God because he's a God of the common man. You don't have to be fancy or flamboyant to walk with God. You can be. That doesn't bother God. But it doesn't necessarily make you any different in God's eyes either. Amen? If your family isn't from the right side of the tracks or you're common people, that's kind of my background. My dad was a farmer, became an airplane mechanic. My mom was a farmer, became a nurse. But we're just common people. Amen? That you can walk with God. You can know the power of God. Amen? Sometimes, I love everybody, but you can get so deep in the Greek and Hebrew that you don't make sense to people anymore. Amen? Because most of them don't speak Greek and Hebrew, they speak English. A little bit. Amen? <laughs> so there's no need to wow people with a bunch of isms. I told one guy, you got to keep it less than five syllables, brother. I can't. Wow. I, I don't want to sit here with a dictionary while you're preaching to me. Amen? My brain's bleeding. Slow down. Hallelujah kind of just being me hallelujah but here we find you know peter when he met jesus he was a fisherman and jesus being his leadership like his pastor he stretched him say stretched a good leader will stretch you beyond yourself amen take you places you wouldn't ordinarily go just on your own so jesus stretched peter into somebody that he had never been before really i like to say it this way jesus didn't meet peter he met a man named simon he made peter Jesus didn't really meet Saul of Tarsus, or sorry, Paul the Apostle. He met Saul of Tarsus, and he made him into Paul. It's not who you are when you start, because nobody was anything when God met him. Abram wasn't the father of many nations. Solomon wasn't wise. David wasn't a king. Nobody was anything until they got involved with God, and then God turned them into who he wanted them to be. Can you say amen? Just keep letting God stretch you and let your pastor take you in the places that you wouldn't go on your own. Can you say amen? amen. So if you just kind of bring in this story together, Peter's a fisherman. Jesus tells him, you'll deny me. Peter says, no, that's never going to happen. And sure enough, remember, before the rooster crowed twice, Peter had denied the Lord three times. And it happened in Caiaphas's house. So here, some time has gone by. The, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Peter comes out of the upper room, and in his first sermon that day, 3,000 people get saved. That's pretty good preaching. That's pretty good preaching. He is so on fire for God, him and John go into the temple one day, and there's a paralyzed man at the gate, beautiful, 
You can read it in Acts chapter 3, just before these verses. They walk by, and that man says, can you help me begging alms, or can I have some money? And they said, well, we don't have any money for you, but how about this? How about if we heal you? And, of course, that man gets up, he jumps and shouts and he screams, and he comes into the temple. And you can read it at the end of Acts chapter 3. But when that man came into the church after he had been lame, 5,000 people gave their lives to the Lord. You understand, this is a fisherman. In a sense, can I say, do you know how far out of his element this guy is? You don't do this on a boat. But yet, Jesus Christ was faithful. He said, follow me and I will, I'll make you. I'll teach you how to catch men. And Jesus was faithful to that. Amen? So here, what's happened is, is this man gets saved. 5,000 people come to the Lord. The temple guards, or what we might call the temple security team, like your baseball or football stadium isn't, they have a security team that isn't the police, but they have their own security force. This temple had its own security force, and the temple guards didn't know what to do. Everybody that was in authority had already gone home for the day. So they took Peter and John, and they put them in prison for healing a guy. Whatever. You would think they would rejoice, but they don't. They take them, and they put them in prison. This is the next morning when they're bringing them out, and they're putting them on trial to make them explain what happened. We all on the same page now? Acts chapter 4, verse 5 says, And it came to pass the next day that the rulers and elders and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. That is basically the who's who of the Jewish nation. That's everybody who's anybody that's important is sitting there to listen to this fisherman talk about how he did this miracle. And they were gathered together at Jerusalem, verse 7, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? In other words, how did you, fishermen, how did you do this? Then Peter, that's where we're going to pause this story and we're going to come back. Because that's the title of my sermon tonight, Then Peter. Then Peter. Go with me to the book of Leviticus, if you would, the Old Testament, chapter 1. Sometimes we read the Old Testament and we forget that a lot of what happened in the Old Testament, not all, but some, was what we call types and shadows, or we might say pictures, say pictures. God didn't have a, a camera. He could take a picture of what was happening in the spirit realm. So he had things set up in the Old Testament of what we call the law that were types and shadows or pictures of how he viewed things. Does that make sense? Go with me to chapter 1 here, verse uh, 4, talking about the burnt offering. You know, you read these offerings and it's kind of hard to figure out what God's talking about. And uh, let's, let's just kind of study here together, verse 4. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord and the priest. Aaron and his son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, that's the priest, the high priest, shall put fire upon the altar, say fire, 
That's going to become important here as we carry on. Put fire upon the altar, and they lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priest, Aaron's son, shall lay the parts, the head and the fat, in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. But he shall wash its entrails, that's its insides, what we might call the guts, and its legs with water. And the priest shall burn on the altar, there's that word again, as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Now this repeats throughout the rest of chapter 1. There's different size animals. The next one will be like a sheep or a ram. Then they'll go down to like, we would say, maybe a pigeon or a turtle dove. And the offerings were basically identical, though not the turtle dove. They didn't necessarily cut it open. They'd twist its head off. So, you know, I always say it this way. You know, be glad you're a New Testament Christian. Amen? You think it was hard getting the kids in the minivan tonight. Thank God you didn't have to bring a heifer tonight. Amen? Get it into the back, and Pastor Dave isn't out there with the sword like a wild man. Amen? Cutting them open and throwing them over the open fire. Hallelujah. I, I, always, I always laugh when God told Abraham, go get me a three-year-old heifer. I thought, man, I don't even know where the heifer store is. Amen. I need me a three-year-old heifer. Well, that's a two-year-old. I can't wait a year for my offering. Amen. Don't you have, no, you got to go up the road. Maybe they got three-year-olds. This is a two-year-old heifer store. Whatever. Amen. So just be glad you're in the New Testament. Hallelujah. Jesus was the sacrifice and we're all all right. Amen. Now, what was supposed to happen? It was the job of the priest. Say the priest's job. It was the priest's job when you brought that animal sacrifice he took and he laid hands on it, or it made atonement. In other words, it was a representation of Jesus Christ that paid for your sin. Atonement doesn't, doesn't just mean your sin is forgiven, though it includes that. It means the damage that was done, the price that it caused, was paid for by somebody else. Right? You weren't just forgiven. Jesus literally paid for what you did. With, by his torture and sacrifice, he paid for the damages that we did. It isn't just you're forgiven. If I break into your home, steal all your stuff, I go to court and the judge says, yeah, I'm just going to have mercy on you, Ray, and I'll let you go. Okay, that's good for me. What about you? All your stuff is gone. The atonement came and God said, I'll pay for it, the damages that were done. It isn't just a washing away and forgiving. It, it includes that, but it's more than that. So this bull now becomes the atonement, a sacrifice or a picture, what was supposed to happen. That in mind, I, I know we're kind of going a lot of verses. One more time, go with me to Leviticus chapter 9. Because in Leviticus chapter 1, where we just read, is God has given instruction about the tabernacle and how it's going to work. Then in at chapter 9 here, he actually says, okay, now let's start. The tabernacle was a church, but it was different than a church. It was, it was like a tent-like structure that you could pick it up and move it from place to place. You might think it's hard coming here every week. Thank God you don't have to pack this place up and move it. Amen. From place to place as you go. Hallelujah. We have people... We have a hard time getting people to straighten chairs, let alone relaying all the bricks and setting up the roof. And Amen. There was one whole wall of beaver skins. I don't know where they got beavers, but thank God for some rednecks in the church. Amen. Said, preacher, you need beavers? I'll get you some beavers. And, 
<laughs> you wonder why some people are in the church. That's why God has them here. They're all ready. Hallelujah. And here in chapter 9, verse 23, it says this. It says, And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting, and they came out and they blessed the people. The church is here to bless the people. The preacher gets close to God because God wants to bless his people. It isn't to judge or be harsh or to be difficult. The, the closer your pastor gets to God, the more his heart will be to bless the people. Can you say amen? They got with God and they were in God's, and when they did, they came out and they, may the Lord bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Isn't that great? And fire, say fire. Same thing we read in Leviticus 1. And fire came out from, from the burnt, sorry, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Brother, I guess so. I guess so. That's quite a church to go to. Hallelujah. Chapter 10. Because remember now, the Bible wasn't originally separated by chapter and verse, and so we have reference. But the story continues. Some time has gone now, and um, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, are working in the temple, or in the tabernacle. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire, or if you have a King James Version, it'll say strange fire. I like that word, that's kind of the way I used to hear it. Strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from before the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified, or perhaps you could say respected. Now, let me just kind of bring all these verses together we've been talking about. Is that all right? When God took this type and shadow, this burnt offering, the priest was supposed to take that, that offering when it came in, that bull, and he would cut it open. He'd take it and he'd skin it and he'd take its parts and he'd cut it and he would lay it and he would lay it on that fire. And as that animal was on that fire, it was consumed or we might say completely baptized. It was immersed in that fire until every part of that animal was touched by the fire that was on the altar every part of it. And it would stay there, and the priest then would take, and they would take the, the insides, the guts, and the, and the legs, and they would wash it. Remember before Jesus went to the cross, he washed the disciples' feet. It's a perfect type and shadow, or what we might call a picture of what Jesus was doing spiritually. You know, sometimes when you get to church, you need the pastor to just take and wash the world off of you. You don't necessarily do wrong but just as you walk through life you pick up things that don't belong to the christian you pick up attitudes and you get philosophies of life and you you the world and being immersed in this all the time just walking through this dusty dirty earth thank god for a good pastor as the praise and worship time comes that he'll just take and wash the dirt that got on you you're going to be okay I don't care, just like Pastor was talking tonight when he did the offering, I don't care who the government is, I don't care who's in charge of society, God, and all of those doubts and all of that fear, it begins to get washed away by the water of the word of God. Can you say amen? It's a perfect, see this type and shadow is a picture now for us for what it was supposed to do in the spirit realm. Well, 
the priest, their job then was to take that animal sacrifice, cut it open, and he was supposed to spread it over that fire and continually turn it until every part of it got touched by that fire until it was consumed or you couldn't see it in there anymore. Now what happened in in chapter 9, God took and he lit the fire from heaven. It came down from heaven. It wasn't man's fire. It came down from heaven and it hit that altar and everything got burnt up. But if you've ever done this, if you've ever had a barbecue during the night or you use real coals or you have a bonfire in your backyard, you'll notice that the next morning you can still come out and gather those coals together and there's still enough heat. And if you're smart, you don't need matches. You can just blow on the coals of that fire and it will reignite and off you go. You see, it was the job of the priest and the reason Nadab who got judged before God and sometimes people don't understand it was a type and shadow that God was setting up that the fire that the priest was supposed to use see the job of the priest was to understand how God worked how God thought what he accepted and what God wouldn't accept that's that's why the priest has to be in the word of God and prayer all the time and not distracted by everything else in life why because he's supposed to know God what does God require how does this work so none of us get into the same trouble. Remember the story about Yuza in the Old Testament? David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant in. I know this is a lot of Old Testament verses. Just stick with me. He was supposed to bring in the Old Testament Ark, and they put it on a cart. They had the oxen carrying it. The problem was that's not how God told the priest to bring in the Ark. That's how the Philistines sent it back to the children of Israel. That's not how it was carried and the design of God. And they took that ark and they put it on the cart and they were going up the road and everything was fine until they hit a pothole. Do you have potholes here in Barstow? Brother, do you have potholes here in Barstow? (laughs) Priests wouldn't have made it two steps in this city. Hallelujah. They were going along with that ox cart. See, and it was the job of the priest to understand this, this should have never happened. Somebody should have spoke up and told David, David, we love you, we'll bring in the ark, but we can't do it the world's way. To bring in the presence of God, the priests were supposed to take that ark of the covenant, there was hooks on the side, they would put a long pole through those hooks, then the priests would carry it or bear it on their shoulders and bring it before the people. That's how it was supposed to work, that's how it worked in Joshua chapter 6 when we read it this morning, that's the only way the ark was to be transported. We can all talk about Yuza touching the ark, and we think maybe that was a bit strict, but I'm telling you, the priest will answer for Yuza's death because he should have never been put in that situation where he was walking alongside of that cart with the ox. It should have been on the priest's shoulders. Somebody should have spoke up and said, David, that won't work. We'll do it, but not your way, God's way. So what happened with Nadab and Abihu is... God sent the fire from heaven, and as they moved from place to place, they were supposed to gather those coals. And they were supposed to take those, put it in what we would call like a, a, a pan, a, a pan of coals. You kept that. If you've ever seen one, they kind of have like holes, little breathers on the side, but you put all those coals in there. And then when they went from place to place, they always had the same fire from God for use in the tabernacle. It never changed. And it was the job of the priest then to take and just blow on those coals and that same fire would ignite 
And that's how they were to take care and to burn the animal sacrifices. So every person had the same fire that went location to location. We all on the same page. What the picture is here is you were supposed to take that bull. That bull was a type and shadow or a picture of you. That, that was you. And when you came to the temple, it was the job of the priest to take the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and to cut open your heart. And to lay you open before the almighty God and to put you over the fire. What fire? This one. And only this one. Paul said, beware in the New Testament that any man defile you through vain philosophies of men. If people come up and they begin to bring their own philosophies into the church and they try to change from this original fire that came to us from heaven, it's automatically a sin before the Lord and we'll say in judgment because we've altered the original intent of the scriptures. Because this was supposed to take and touch your inside until every part of you was touched by the fire of the Almighty God. Because it is the only cleansing agent of the human soul. It is the, only, it is the incorruptible word of God by how you are born again is through the scriptures. If we change this at all, if we alter it, if we adjust it, we automatically fall before the Lord is offering strange fire in the temple. Do you know, I, I like baseball. I don't know how many baseball fans we have in here. I know we have some Cincinnati Reds fans. I was probably more of a Detroit Tiger fan growing up. Do we have, I think Los Angeles has a team. Do they still have a I love you. have to tease a little bit. Maybe San Diego's got a team. I heard they kind of got one. Hallelujah. There's a baseball coach doing a symposium. Thousands of coaches had come together, some, some semi-pro, some college, some high school coaches, and kind of the who's who when everybody was there. And this old baseball coach was giving a speech. And when he gave the speech, he took home plate, drilled a hole through it, and he put a little hook through it. And then he ran a chain like a bracelet around his neck. And as he talked, he had home plate hanging off of his neck. He went on for, I don't know, you know, Dylan, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and everybody's kind of looking at him. What's wrong with this goofy old guy talking with his home plate around his throat? He stopped and he said, I noticed, he said, you guys are all staring at my home plate. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, how big is home plate? Somebody finally piped up at 17 inches from side to side home plate. He said, that's right. He said, what size is home plate in Little League? They said, well, you know, it's the same size. It's 17 inches. He said, what about high school? He said, 17 inches. College, what size is home plate? 17 inches. Semi-pro, the minors, pro, 17 inches, 17 inches. What about at the World Series? What size is home plate? 17 inches. It's only ever 17 inches. He said, that's right. And if you have the best pitcher and he's in the World Series and he can't, hit, he can't throw strikes, you know what you don't do? You don't widen it out to 18. Because he's having a hard time today getting it over the plate. It's 17 inches. That's all it ever, ever is. It doesn't change for anybody. When God set up the fire that came from heaven... You're going through the same things today that Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Peter, James, John, Jesus, 
you name the who's who all the way through the book of Hebrews, whoever your hero is in faith, the fire never changes. The word never changes. You come into the house of God and when you get here, a good priest will take you and he will cut you open with the word of God, spiritually speaking. He's going to take you and he's going to lay you open. He's going to wash the world off of you because he loves you. But then eventually he's going to take the, the, the wood, which is the verses. Every day the priest grabbed wood. Anytime he could stop, he'd cut some wood. Even if it wasn't the time for sacrifice, you keep gathering the verses, gathering the verses, gathering the verses, gathering the verses. And one day when you turn around, God says, I'll stop and set up your tabernacle. And the fire falls. And all those verses begin to light together. Never get upset if you're reading your Bible and it seems what we call dry. Keep reading. Keep gathering, keep gathering, keep gathering, keep gathering, keep gathering, keep gathering, keep gathering. And one day you'll walk into this church and pastor, one of the pastors here will stand up and God will say, now, light the fire. And all of those verses will begin to run together. And it, it begins to deal with you, the, the thoughts and intents of your heart. And why am I thinking that? And why is this going on in my life? What was I doing? What, what got through me? And it begins to cleanse you. It begins to cleanse you. And it begins to take away anything in you that doesn't belong. Can you say amen? amen? Because the priest doesn't work for the church. He works for the God of the house. That's who sent the fire down. And I can't adjust that and modernize it. See, the sacraments, what we call the sacraments, Holy Communion is a sacrament. God set it up. I can't change from what Jesus Christ did in the upper room today because that's how he set up Holy Communion. I have to keep it exactly just like those priests should have been carrying that, that ark. That's exactly the way God wants it for today. But you know, marriage is a sacrament. Man wants to adjust marriage today. Man wants marriage on his terms. Man wants to marry what man wants to marry. And God says, no, you can't. No, you can't. And if you try to adjust that, if I as a priest or the pastors, we say, okay, well, because it's socially acceptable, we'll do it how society, judgment falls. It's not okay with God. I have no right at 17 inches. I can't spread it out because you're having a bad day today. I can't shrink it because the batter's having a bad day today. It stays exactly that way, no matter who's preaching, no matter who's in the pew. It doesn't change because the mayor's here. We don't, we don't lessen it because big money's here. Because we didn't write it. It's not ours. It's not ours. Acts chapter 26. Are you with me here this evening? Amen. Let me find my Bible. Somebody keeps taking my Bible. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 26, verse 12. The Apostle Paul, he's given his account before the king and the governor of what happened to him. You know, Paul wasn't just a Jew. He was what we would call a Jew's Jew. Brother, he was raised in it. He, he was part of the best of the best of the best scholars is who he taught his Sunday school classes, if I can say it that way. He didn't just go to A school. He went to the Harvard of his day. All of that, he is out of his mind persecuting and, and hurting the church. 
And the people who have given him letters and who are paid for this were Annas and Caiaphas that we read about in Acts chapter 4. That's who was backing Saul of Tarsus. So he has given his account of what has made a change in him. This is such a beautiful thing because you always share your testimony. If you've ever had an encounter with God, you'll remember it all your life. I try to get people all the time, press into God until he marks your soul. Amen? Because once that happens, then nothing can, nothing can take that away from you. Can you say amen? I tell this testimony all the time, but the night I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I went to go tell Janine, she lived a ways away, and I went to go tell her, it was late into the evening, what had happened, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and as I moved and I, I began to walk, I looked, and the stars began to move in the sky. Now, you might think that's spooky or weird. I'm telling you, it happened. I was raised in the Lutheran Church. We didn't do this in the Lutheran Church. They'd have locked me out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor Osteen, you knew Pastor John Osteen. He used to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. They'd say, Pastor Osteen, now that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, can I go back to my denominational church? Can I stay there? He said, oh, yeah, sure. He said, you could probably stay three or four days. <laughs> After that, they'd find out, out you're going to go. That blows them away. Hallelujah. Do you know, a few years ago, I was going through a hard time. And as I was rolling the trash out to the road, the, our trash gets picked up early on Wednesday morning, so I take it out the night before. And as I walked out that night, just going through a hard time, well, let me pause going back. When I went to go see Janine the night, those stars in the sky began to move, and they formed a cross, and then they went into a perfect seven, and then into a cross, and then into a seven, kind of like flashers on your car would. They just started going back and forth and back and forth. I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't even know what it meant. It, it did it for probably two, three minutes, and then it stopped. And I walked, and, and I told Janine I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I said, you know, it's the funniest thing. As I came here this evening, I saw these stars, and I told her what, he, what I saw. And I didn't know what it was. But seven nights after that night, Janine got filled with the Holy Spirit. So 20 years go by, 30 years go by. I'm going through a rough time. I'm taking the trash out one night. And as I look up into the sky, I see those stars, right? They don't move, but it reminded me, Ray, I got you. He who began a good work in you will perfect it all the way into Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? Isn't he good? Who would have thought of that, right? Who would have thought of that? I think I'll get off on this, but I think about Joseph before he was taken away into Potiphar's field and sold as a slave. He had a vision, a dream of the grains and stalks beginning to bow and the moon and the stars. Isn't it something that as a slave, don't you think he was working in those grain fields? And he already had a picture inside of himself. This is going to change for me. God hasn't forgotten me. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. I don't care what you're going through. Just raise your hand and say, Lord, I thank you. You haven't forgotten me. You saw this coming. You had an answer before they did this to me. And I'm going to be all right. In Jesus' name, amen. Back to my sermon. You got me all off course. Hallelujah. So Paul has given his account of what happened to him. Verse 12. While I was thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun. Isn't that amazing? Maybe here in Barstow you, would, you can... That, that would hard to imagine brighter than the sun since you get so much of it out here hallelujah 
brighter than the sun. 14, and when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me in the Hebrew language saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And they said, he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, I don't like to write in my Bible too much, but you could put the words, "Uh uh-oh, and not take anything out of context. Amen. It says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. 16, look at this. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. I want to talk about that word minister. I have come to make you a minister. We talk about minister, I'm sometimes called Ray Bench, he's a minister of the gospel, or pastor's a minister of the gospel, or minister so-and-so in some churches as they go. But the word minister here is, is it's the man on the boat who doesn't steer the boat, but he rows the boat. What Jesus is telling the apostle, he said, I've come to make you not in charge of this, but a servant to the word and the things I will show you. I'm going to show you things, Paul. See, nobody had written the New Testament yet. This is all new. And he said, I'm going to show you things, and I have shown you things. He said, and as I do, you are a servant to this word. It is not a servant to you. It doesn't do what you want. You do what I say. He is establishing from the very beginning. Because you see, in Paul's day, when he said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles... That is hard to understand in our day because it is monumental. If you go to Acts 22.22, you'll see when Paul gives this account earlier, it says when he was sent to the Gentiles, it said they were with him until this point, and then they said, away with such a man from the earth. He is not fit to live. He is not fit to live. I want to thank God that Jesus sent Paul to the Gentiles because I'm a Gentile. I'm, I'm them. That's what Jesus was establishing with the Apostle Paul right from the beginning. If you don't get to steer this boat, my boat, it doesn't serve you, Paul. You serve it. You're not in charge. I'm in charge. That's what a lot of pastors can't seem to understand. They can't adjust this gospel. It's not yours. I am a servant to this scripture. It doesn't serve me. I serve it. It's the fire God sent from heaven. If everybody likes it, hallelujah. If nobody likes it, I can't adjust it. It's not mine. Make sense? That's why today, that's why I said this morning, you can't modernize God. We can modernize, we, instead of, remember hymns, we used to sing hymns out of the hymnal back in the day. Then after that came, we used to have the overhead projector. I used to be the flipper on the overheader. Had to pay attention for the verses, move it up and down. Then we went to, you know, what we have now with the words and everything became computerized. You can do all of that you want, but the songs and the words better be about Jesus Christ. They better glorify the Almighty. The method might change, but the principle has to stay the same. Does that make sense? That's all, that's all got to be the same. Now, of all the things that I can tell you, this is the best story that I can tell you. My pastor is a man by the name of Dr. Mark Barclay. Your pastors all know Dr. Barclay. I found my pastor in 1987. I've been with him ever since. I have one wife. I have one pastor. I don't need a bunch of them. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm blessed. Thank you very much. But 
pastor, my pastor, Dr. Barclay, he, but prior to him getting saved and being a Christian, he was in the United States Marine. If you know pastor at all, you know these stories. Over the course of the last 33 years, 34 years, whatever it's been, I can't tell you how many Marine Corps stories I have heard in my life. When your pastor, your boss is a drill instructor, it shows. Can I get an amen from anybody? So Dr. Barclay, his, his like pastor came up today, he talked farming stories, because that's, that's out of their heart. That's what they have to help you with. So I'm going to have mine, Janine will have hers, uh, you'll have yours. Dr. Barclay had his from the Marine Corps. So I, I, I seriously, a hundred easy stories from the Marines over these years. Here's the one that helped me 30 years ago. He gave me this story. It's always stayed with me. He was in Vietnam on the Navy ship. On the U.S. Navy ships, the Marines are the ones who work security for that entire boat, that entire ship. Early in the morning, Pastor said, he said, I happen to draw the duty that I am working not just on the ship, but I am in the helm where everything happens. You know, where the actual controls are, where all the radar is the crow's nest where you're looking out and watching everything. And he said, it's like six, seven o'clock in the morning, it's early. And during the night, the captain of the boat has gone to sleep. So the second in command was called the XO. He's come on duty and he's taken the ship during the night and they're just transitioning back to the captain, right? The sun's come up, it's way off in the distance. The captain's having his coffee and he's walking around, he's looking things over, he's checking the weather as he would do, looking for any new communications to come in. And he walks by the compass of the ship, and he freezes. And he looks at the XO, and he looks at the compass, and he says, why has the heading of my ship changed during the night? It wasn't a lot, like maybe two or three degrees. And the second in command, the XO, he says this, he says, well, Captain, he said, during the night we got an alert, there's something out there in the water. And so we just made a quick adjustment several miles out, and then by the time we get there, we'll miss it and we'll come right back on, on course. He said, well, that's probably an understandable reason. If you ever change the heading of my ship again without my prior approval, I will court-martial you on the spot, no questions asked. Court-martial isn't just fired. Court-martial is you go to jail and you're fired. That's a bad day. Your whole career just ended in a flash. What was he saying? He's saying, when I'm on duty and you're on, your authority is never to adjust where I say this boat goes. Your job is to get this boat where I told you to take it, not to change it from where I said it. Now that's always helped me because as an assistant minister underneath my pastor, when I stand in the pulpit, my job is never to steer this ship, the church, in a direction different from what heaven gave my leadership. My job is to get it there, not change it. I would never, ever stand in this church and prophesy a bunch of changes to this church that are different from what God spoke to these men and women on the front row. Why? Because heaven set that compass, I can't touch it. It's not, understand, it's not under my authority. It's not, God would never talk to me about a If he was going to change it, he talked to them. The problem we're having in, quote, the modern church is we seem to be one of the first generations who think it's okay to touch God's compass. 
It's as if churches today have no respect for the Almighty and they think they know better. And they're just, okay, Nadab, Abihu, bring strange fire in God's house. That's not going to end good for you. That's not going to, he won't permit it. It's not okay. You can't take the grace of God and change it into something God didn't intend for it to be. You can't take the word of faith and adjust it into something God didn't intend it to be. You can't take the law, the book of the law, the New Testament, anything that Jesus told us and, and change it into something that God didn't set it up to be in the scriptures. We are servants to this word. Does this make sense? It's 17 inches. That's it. That's how God wrote it. And when you are the best in the land making millions of dollars throwing pitches or you're on the little league and your uniform is so big you can take two steps before anybody knows you moved. You know what I'm talking about? I used to like those big loose uniforms. I could steal second. Nobody knew I was running for two steps. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter who you are. The Bible is the same. It's the same for children's church. It's the same for the junior high school. It's the same for the kids in the high school. It's the same for your college graduates. It's the same for the rich, the poor. They all meet together in the house, and the God is the Lord of them all. Amen? And I can't adjust it for the people in 2022 no more than Paul could adjust it for his day. See, when, when Peter came, go back with me to Acts chapter 4 if you would. We'll go back to our first verse again. Acts chapter 4, verse 5. Remember when Peter came to Jesus, Jesus said, I'm going to the cross, and, and there I'll be tortured, I'll be beat, and I'll die. And Peter said to Jesus, he said, Not so, Lord, Lord, far be it from you, Matthew 16, that you should have to do this thing. What did Jesus say? He said, Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking, talking, and the devil's using you now. Why? Because you're trying to adjust my compass that heaven set. You don't get to change the heading. God told me to set sail for the cross. I'm going to set sail for the cross. What did the apostle Paul say? Why are you weeping over me? Acts chapter 20. Why? I must go to Rome. I must do these things. Why? This is my setting that heaven gave me. You can't change it. I can't adjust it. I, I can't. I can't adjust what God gave me. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the night I got eating a peanut butter sandwich, this church knows my story. I'm eating peanut butter on toast. I feel like I died and went to heaven because I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I got hot peanut butter on toast. It's melting, oozing over the sides. I'm thinking, man, that's like steak today. Hallelujah. Amen. I got a big glass of milk. I'm just as happy as I can be. And in that room that night, sitting on the floor, the Holy Spirit came in and he said, I want you to teach. I can't change that. I can only submit to it and bring the word that heaven sent and take the coals that were given to me and the fire. See, this is where Nadab and Abihu got in trouble. They could have gone back to prayer. They could have gone back to Moses and Aaron and said, hey, we messed up. We, we let the fire go out. What are we going to do? And they would have gone back to God and God would have understood and forgiven and fire would have come and they wouldn't. But they decided we'll just pretend. We'll just pretend we're having a move of the Spirit. We'll just pretend this is the Word of God. And we'll just bring man's fire here because we're too ashamed to admit that we were lazy and we got distracted and the fire went out. 
And when they, when they brought in man's fire, God said, it's not acceptable in my holy temple. It's not good enough. Acts chapter 4, verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the, the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. I want to say it again. This is the who's who of Peter's day. Do you know, it wouldn't have mattered how many marketing schemes Peter put together. He could have not got this crowd to listen to him preach a sermon. He doesn't rub shoulders with anybody in the temple. His family doesn't have any pull with these people. They're not coming because my son's going to do a skit today at church. Caiaphas, why don't you come down and watch my son? They ain't coming. They ain't coming. But one miracle working power of God draws a congregation together that Peter could have never got together on his own, only God. And I like to point out it was the same people he was afraid of only a few months before who crucified Jesus Christ. But something's happened to Peter. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and he got touched by the fire of God. And when they had set him in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, after three, three and a half years of rowing the boat, shutting his mouth, running errands, clean, taking care of the, go get the upper room ready for me, go get me a fish with a gold coin in his mouth, row the boat to the other side, but the Lord, there's a big storm, get out of the boat, Peter. All these different things, God is taking Peter and he's teaching him how to be changed into another man until you can't even see Simon in there anymore. He's not recognizable. Do you know that John the Baptist said this? Here's a good picture for you. John the Baptist said this in Matthew chapter 3. He said, I baptize you with water, but one is coming after me who's greater than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He's our great high priest. You see the picture? The type and shadow? That's why you can't adjust this word because God has sovereignly put it all together perfectly just as it should be. He doesn't need man to dissect it. Just read it until he begins to teach you how it works. Can you say amen? When they had set them in their midst, verse 7, they said, by what name or by what power have you done this? Verse 8, then Peter. Not Simon. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. You can almost hear them saying, cut the mic, cut the mic, cut the mic. Because he, this preacher will not shut up about what God has done in his life. And he continues, this, this Jesus is the stone which was rejected by you builders. He's quoting the Old Testament to him. You're the builders. You were supposed to recognize he was the chief cornerstone. And you killed him. This has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is it salvation in any other name. I don't care what Hollywood elite tells you, there's many ways to heaven. There's not. 
I don't care what preacher says, there's a lot of ways to Jesus. There's not. There's not. It's Jesus Christ. That's how you get to heaven. That's, that's the propitiation, the atonement for your and my sin. That's the only way. There's a lot of people crucified on crosses. It wouldn't do you any good to be crucified yourself. Your blood isn't pure and holy enough. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's only through that name that you and I can be saved. Can you say amen? amen. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven under, by which men can be saved. By this time, Jesus Christ has taken that fisherman and he has turned him over the fire so many times. Verse after verse after verse after verse after verse after verse after verse. Three, three and a half years, early morning ministry. All during the day he's preached, late into the night, explaining as they rode, explaining as they walked. Here they started, there they started. Jesus went over and over and over and over again. And then in Luke chapter 24, it says he opened the eyes of their understanding and they got it. They got it. And he had opened them up and touched them with the holy fire of God so much that you can't even see Peter in there anymore. He's been consumed by that fire. It's an exact picture of Leviticus chapter 1. That ox that was brought in, that ram that was brought in, and you're turned over the fire by your pastor. That's the job of the church is to take the word of God and put it in your heart every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday when we're together, and to take that holy fire of God and touch you on the inside until you're turned into another man. Until you're turned into another man. Folks, that's church. That's what this is all about. And the beauty to the ministry of helps, because I'm a product of the helps ministry, serving and working, is that's how God works, is you come into the house of God and you begin to row the boat, as Simon, that through the preaching and teaching of the word of God, you slowly become immersed into the word of God. And it changes not only the outside of you, but from the inside out. Jesus said, you priests, or you Pharisees, you keep trying to clean up the outside of the cup. That's not how I work. I wash from the inside out. Because if the inside of the cup is clean, then it will work its way out and every part of the cup will become clean. Is this making sense to anybody on a Sunday night? When you invite people into the house of God, when you bring people to church, and sometimes, you know, I know ladies, they, they, they find a man out in the world, and they say, you know, well, why don't you come to my church? And the man says, you know, well, I, I'd like to be with you, but I don't want to be part of that church. God did you a favor. Run. If they don't want their heart touched by the fire, they won't ever be purified by that holy word of God, then God did you a favor. God did you a favor. He exposed their heart to you early so you don't get hurt later on. Does this make sense to you? Take this picture, uh, however you're seeing it. Close your eyes for just a minute. See those priests. See that fire coming down from heaven. Picture that holy fire coming and touching the inside and cleansing the, the offering before the almighty God. Think about Sunday morning, Sunday night in this church as 
Pastor Samples, Pastor Dave, and Pastor Katie, and uh, Mrs. Samples take that they take, and the different people that Pastor has in this church, they take that holy word of God, and as you come to the church, they're going to take it now. They're going to put it in your heart of hearts until every part of you has been touched by the holy fire of God. And there's nothing in you anymore that doesn't please the Almighty. Every part of you is sanctified by the word of God. Can you say amen? Lord, we give you praise and glory. I thank you for this great church, these great people. I thank you for the cleansing, working power of your word and spirit tonight, that we might be changed into your glory. Father, I thank you for these pastors that work so hard. They're so diligent to make sure that everything spoken is exactly in line with the word of God that you have taught them and trained them. Whether this church ever springs and runs into the thousands or ten thousands, I pray that it does. But may the fire of God be found in the pulpits here. May the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit be here. Where the sinner knows they can come and be touched by the fire of the Almighty. Here, in the courts of our God, you can be planted and flourish before the Almighty. Here, your sin can be washed away. What doesn't belong can be taken away. Forgiveness can come. Beauty for ashes, the Bible says. Lord, what you did in Peter, what you did in James and John, do in us doing us if there's any sin in us Lord we repent wash it burn it up consume it by your fire Lord if there's any doubt any wayward way we repent Lord we thank you for a good priest who will take the fire of God every week and touch us in our inner man and change us into who we need to be you've got sin or you've been in sin, this would be a good time. I'm not going to call you up to the altar. You just bow your head and repent right now to the Lord. You know, this private between you and Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, come touch me with your fire tonight. Change me so I'm pure and holy and I'm pleasing before you. Help me to lose wrong attitudes and thoughts. Help us, Lord, to never try to change your gospel, but to become servants to it. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap, Pastor. Thank you for your time. God bless you, everybody. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we stand up together tonight? Hallelujah. That was a good word for us, wasn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a good time. What a good time in the, the presence of the Lord here. I don't know, Josh, could you maybe just lead us in a worship song for a few minutes, and we'll see if the Lord wants to do anything else uh, this evening before uh, we kind of close out. But I just feel like maybe there's a little bit more that we haven't quite hit just yet. So let's go ahead and just worship God for just a minute together tonight. Amen.
let's just sing this simple chorus together. It's not one we normally sing, but it's real simple. It goes like this. On fire, I fall down. On fire, I fall down. On us we pray. Sing that. On fire, I fall down. On fire. doing a work in several of our hearts right now and God's speaking some things to you and, and just rearranging some things I see that and all I all I see right now is I if, if you are here and you want hands laid on you tonight for uh, maybe an extra push maybe an extra something uh, from what the Lord's trying to do in your heart even if you had hands laid on you this morning. I do want to open the altar up for you to come up. I just see Ray and, and Janine laying hands on people right now because something always happens when we do this. And so if, if you're like, oh, I'm good, then just worship God where you're at, sing to him. But uh, Ray, if I could have 
you and Janine just come up, man. And if you need a little something extra, I don't even know the words to put, but if you need a little something extra for, uh, to, for what's going on on the inside of you, I want to open the altar up. Come up, and I'm going to have them lay hands on you and do whatever the Lord wants to do uh, to, to uh, keep his work going on the inside of you. But we would be wrong if we didn't do this. And so if that's you, come up. Don't hesitate. Just come up. And if you're like, no, nah, that's not me, then stay where you are and worship God and pray for those that are up here. Amen. And Josh, you can just sing. But let's have, uh, man, if we could have Ray and Janine just lay hands on you. Amen. And even if you received prayer this morning, that's all right. You come back up. It's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just walking through this or just walking through, discouragement comes up at times. Oppression comes up at times. Sometimes just almost like a hopelessness at times. Look how crazy my world is, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you wash us, that you wash us. If you're not in line, I want to ask you to just raise your hand and pray with us, everybody. Sing with Brother Josh. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. This isn't a time where you say, oh, Lord, what's the use? Or how are we going to get through? Or maybe everybody else has kind of moved on and here I am. I thank you that you have a purpose for my sister. You have a plan for my sister. You have a call for her in God. There's beauty for her. It's not your plan for her to walk in a dry place all the days of her life. Lord, I thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit and the water of your spirit to wash away what doesn't belong like in all of us. In Jesus' name. Sister, I just want to encourage you. You've not been left behind. and You're not just kind of along for the ride. God's called you and God has a purpose for you and God has a plan for you. And there's beauty in your tomorrows. You just put the word of God in your heart and in your mouth and you speak it out. You begin to claim the promises of God and watch him begin to go to work for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. It's easy to do. You don't let it happen. In Jesus' name. Lord, let your fire fall. Let your Holy Spirit manifest in this couple. 
I thank you, Lord, even in the grocery stores and as they come and go in life and they're busy here and busy there, that the word of knowledge will begin to work and the gifts of the Spirit will begin to work and they'll find themselves encouraging people and being a blessing. And over the course of time, Lord Jesus, I don't know whether it be with the youth or young adults or whatever it is she puts her hand to, Lord, but I thank you that the blessing of the Lord will be upon her to touch people and to bring life to them. In Jesus' name, that you will complete this good work that you started in this couple. Both of you have a call in God and things to do. I bless you today in Jesus' name. Don't you ever let it go dormant. Don't ever let the fire go out. Don't ever let discouragement kind of come and water your bucket. You keep those coals precious and hot and keep the fire of God going all the time. And God's going to use you in your tomorrows. In Jesus' name. Father, we bless our sister tonight in the name of Jesus, a great pastor of this house. Loves you, loves this house, loves her family. Lord, the burning desire she has to be is, is to be used more of your spirit, to have a greater and greater impact, Lord. I thank you that you choose to use her, to speak through her, through her hands as she types and Lord, as she writes and different things that she does and voices and things she can speak to this group or that group. And may your fire fall as she does. May your fire fall as she does. May she see with her eyes the move of the Spirit she prays for in her heart. In Jesus' name. It's been a long time coming, Lord, but it's here now. It's time. It's time for her to have these things manifest. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this young man who wants to be a blessing to his dad and to help him in ministry and to be used by the Almighty God. I thank you that you chose David. You picked him out as a young age. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that even you were seen in the temple at a young age. I thank you that this young man doesn't have to wait to be used in ministry. His heart is burning to help his dad and to be a blessing in the house of God. Use him, I pray. Answer his prayers, Lord Jesus. Stand him up like a David one and let him take on the giants of the land and, and be a blessing and a great armor bearer. And in your season, Lord Jesus, flow through him. Flow through him. Your heart burns to help your dad. It hurts you to see sometimes discouragement when he comes through the door and people don't always listen. And brother, I, I just want to thank you. In a sense, I, I just can't take that part of ministry away. But you'll always be an encouragement to your dad. He'll always be blessed to see you by his side. And you'll, you'll always be something that warms his heart. It'll be hard for other people to explain, but it'll burn in your chest. It'll just burn in your chest. And wherever he is, it's like, that's home for me. I, this is where I belong, by his side. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I bless this couple in the name of Jesus. You're a couple, I assume. You're holding his hand. 
Y'all, thank God. Hallelujah. Always have to ask 2022. Amen. Father, I thank you for all 14 years, but beyond that, I thank you for the 14 to come. I thank you that what's been started in this couple is just the beginning, that you'll use them as they march across the land and they're a blessing to people and they help people in the body of Christ and they're a blessing in this house. I want to thank you, Lord, that they have a place in this house and a use in this house, Lord Jesus. But whatever the dream of God is, whatever the place of God is, and whatever that, wherever that takes them, Lord, I thank you that you'll choose them again and again and again and saying, this is my faithful couple. In Jesus' name, they'll serve me and work diligently for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to encourage you, just, hey, what you're doing in this house is wonderful, but you stay in prayer and you ask the Lord to prepare you for your future and your call and what the Lord wants you to do. And I, I'm no prophet, but I just encourage you, if, if an opportunity comes to, to go on a missions trip or to be involved internationally and to begin to be a blessing, you come and go and you help in this house, but you help there too. Amen. You pray about it and see what the Lord is in your heart and in your future. But I just see you touching people and being a blessing to people and, and letting the fire of God fall where you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless this daughter of yours, I pray in the name of Jesus. Same thing in her, I see in her brother, her heart burns to help and to be a blessing in the house of God and to help her father and the pastor of this house. Use her in her future and her tomorrows. Ellie, sometimes people don't always understand you, but God gets you. God understands your heart and what you talk to him about and the things that go through your mind. There's a future for you in Jesus Christ. There's things for you to do in the house of God and beyond. I thank God for you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Some of the things you pray over and some of the things you talk to the Lord about, God's beginning to go to work for you. You begin to understand in your heart. He heard every last thing you prayed. He heard everything that you said. And he is in the work in your future. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you. She's soft-hearted before the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in her inner being, things affect her and things touch her. And at times she's hurt watching other people suffer. In your heart of heart, sister, you really are what I would call a shower of mercy. You, you, you hurt for the downtrodden. It bothers you to see people taken advantage of. And mercy comes out of your heart. You want to just kind of help every stray cat and bring them home. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> Amen. But I'm not talking about animals. I'm talking about people. You just love people and you want to see good things in their life. That's, that's you. But beyond that, that's part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit of Romans chapter 4. The Bible talks about, sorry, chapter 12, we're talking about 4 and on down. talks about the, the shower of mercy. Sometimes it's like this overwhelming, beyond what other people seem to have, it just grips your heart and your soul, almost takes you to your knees at times. I bless you, sister, in Jesus' name. You pray for those that are on your heart, you help them in Jesus' name. That's going in you deep. That's going in you deep. That's going in you deep. Times you've had almost had this hard exterior. Not now. Lord, I bless my sister in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That the burning desire of God that's in her heart, even as a when she was younger. How she would wonder about God and dream before the Almighty and Lord, where will I be? And here you find yourself in a different place than you had anticipated. And yet the beauty of God is here for you. This is an oasis for you. There's life for you here. There's blessing for you here. You've not only doing well, but you've become part of the leadership of this house. Not by marriage, but by the call of the Almighty God. I bless you today in Jesus' name. You let your doubts just go now. No man called you. No man chose you. It's just like Jesus walking by the boat and saying, Peter, there's a lot of fishermen. But when he saw Peter, Jesus said, you, you come work for me. Sister, that's exactly what has happened for you. God saw you. And as he came by, he said, you, I choose you you now I choose you I choose you because you love God you would do anything for Jesus Christ you would walk across the city give, the, give your last dollar to help another person people don't always see it but you really really do love people and I bless you today in Jesus name You'll always be a good mother and you'll always be a wonderful wife, but God's going to use you to touch people and to set people free and to flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I want to say it, sister, you're not just along for the ride. You have a part to play in this. You're just as called in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you, Lord, for the fire of the Almighty God to come and to change us into who you destined and called for us to be. You know, the Bible says about the prophet, he said, they are a stubborn people, the ones I'm sending you. He said, but I put something in you and I made you harder than them. God putting something in you tonight 
God's putting something in you. Even in your past, God's put some things in you that are yet to come out of you yet. And when it does, this fire that you dream of is going to begin to flow. In Jesus' name. I curse wrong words spoken to you in times past. Things people say, and sometimes it gets inside like it's not, it's not supposed to, but yeah, it hurts over. After a while, it's just not funny anymore. Thank you, Father, that she's soft-hearted. You're going to stitch back together and make things begin to work for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now, if people call you names that's wrong, what would be more backwards is if you call you names. Make sense? If you look at you and you say names that are not flattering, you begin to... Don't you ingest the poison they spoke. It's not true. It's not true. You hear me? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, the world can be a cruel place, but it's the lies that they speak and the poison that they breathe. That's the real wicked part. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. This is a good man. He'll speak life into his family. Be the priest of his home. May the fire of God fall inside of his heart now. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll open his understanding. May he understand the scriptures to a greater degree. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he will lead those you have put in his care into great victory. In Jesus' name, amen. I bless you in Jesus' name. Sister, I just want to thank you. You're fun to preach to. You're with me every step of the way tonight. I bless you in Jesus' name. May these things you yearn for now to understand and to see. May this fire of God now become brighter and brighter inside of your heart and inside of your soul. Let it go down deep inside of your understanding. You saying, I am a child of the Most High God. I can understand. He can work with me. Jesus Christ, if he can use a Peter, James, and a John, he can use me. He can speak to me. I can take this book inside of my heart, and I can go out and help some people in my future, my tomorrows. In Jesus' name. I don't know what all you do in this house, sister, but I want to encourage you. You put some verses in your heart and you take it out and you begin to preach to people. You tell your testimony and you tell your story. And you, this, <laughs> you know, there's, it's hard when God begins to speak to you. I remember, Lord, to deal with me and show me things. I said, Lord, this is great, but I got nowhere to say it. I got nowhere to say it. Open doors, Lord Jesus, for her to say it. 
to share with people the verses that burn in her heart and to begin to explain to people what the change that's taken place of her life and give her an avenue to burn with fire. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Does that bear witness with you? You're another one. You were with me every step of the way. I bless you tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sister, tell me if you don't mind, what do you do in life? You work, you like your job, you want better. Father, I pray for a promotion to come upon my sister in the name of Jesus. I thank you for a job that will bring her satisfaction, not just income. I thank you for a job that will make, it will be rewarding, it will be fulfilling for her. She'll fit, Lord Jesus, and there will be great increase for her and great opportunity for her. Not just a chance to make money, but a chance to bring a change and an accomplishment. And to be able to say, my days, my efforts were well spent. I'm glad that I began to press in. God has blessed me here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. In the name of Jesus, Lord, may your fire fall. Look at this couple, Lord. They love you with all of their heart, doing everything they know to build this house, your people. Whether they do it in front of people or behind the scenes, use them, I pray. In Jesus' name. Brother, I just bless you in the name of Jesus. I bear witness to you. I was never called to be the prophet like Dr. Barclay, but like Peter, I sure rode the boat to get Jesus to the other side so the man with the legion of demons could be delivered. I sure rose up and took care of David when the giants came at him and he was too tired to fight. You're a blessing to the leadership of this house. I bless you today in Jesus' name. Don't you ever feel like it's secondhand or some kind of second class. You keep working with God. You keep walking with God. And watch the increase now begin to come in your life, both financially increased and spiritually, the blessing of the Lord is on you, and good things are coming your way. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless these young men. Preserve them for their future. Keep evil away from them. Use them in their future and in their tomorrows. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that as they walk with you, you walk with them and you bless them. In Jesus' name. Help them to understand your book. Walk with your spirit and to know your voice. Raymond, such a blessing to be able to pray with you this morning and to preach the word of God to you tonight and to pray over you tonight. Lord, I thank you that you're going to take him and keep him in the palm of your hand. You're going to always protect him and always help him and always heal him. 
he's going to know the victory of the Almighty God. He's going to be able to stand and to tell his testimony and to be a blessing. Lord, I think in time to come, he'll be able to be more and more used in that capacity. But now is a time of preparation for him. Now is a time of coming in and drawing aside. And Lord, almost like Moses was working in taking care of Jethro's sheep for all those years, but it was all preparation. Busy yourself now. I, I, I just busy yourself now, son, in the house of God. Busy yourself in working here and pour yourself into the ministry and to reading of the scripture and put your hand to anything you can find here. Let the leadership guide you and direct you. God's got his hand on you for good and you're going to see a great, great move of the spirit in your life. Jesus' name. Just don't get ahead. Don't push. But allow the Lord as he works with you to begin to do his work in you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, let that fire fall down. In Jesus' name. This is good ground, Lord. Touch him with your spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just encourage you, brother, amen. Good things in you. There's a good heart in you, a good desire in you. Everybody makes mistakes at times, but over the course of time, let the fire of God burn up, Lord, and touch his insides. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, you're a patient people. Sorry, I got all. Hallelujah. You're not new to Christianity, are you? You've been at this for a while. I bless you today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Prayers you prayed over the years, decades ago. Dreams, things. They weren't just put on the back shelf. They weren't for you to just kind of store them one day. Lord, I thank you that you've been guiding her steps to bring her into a good land. The place where you have for her. The blessing of the Lord is there for her. You chose her, Lord, even years ago as a little girl. Private things, precious things, things you didn't want even men to know, people to know, Lord. You kept hidden private prayers between you and her. There's a lot of them. God's now going to begin to reach in and pick some out and begin to move in your life and use you. In Jesus' name. It's not wasted time. Preparation is never wasted time. The 40 years with Jethro for Moses was not wasted time. You haven't been wasting time marching in circles. God's preparing you and using you for your future and your tomorrows. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. I'm telling you, I know that cry. I know that feeling. And, and it's like you're reaching in, into murky water and you can't tell what you're reaching for, but you know in there somewhere is what God has for you. That's why you need a pastor, because he'll help you find it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And just stay submitted to this house and the leadership of this house. Allow these things to happen in Jesus' name.
Shela bado gosho kono mondi gishkiri de beisho probo kula mana dela mana. In Jesus' name. Shela bado gosho kono mangela dela dela. Now let, let me ask you: She with you? That's your wife. How long have you been married? Ten years. Shela bado gosho kule bere de beisho kere. Lord, I thank you for a communication system between husband and wife to be opened up, that they can bear their heart and share it one with another, and begin to speak to each other and to understand each other. Not that they're not, but all of us, Lord, we could just use a good cleaning out of that system. I bless you, brother, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. She really is the love of your life, and you really are the love of hers. I bless you, and I bless this union in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Shela bado goshoko. Shela beri de beisha probo kono monsha kala bado geshkere de beri de beri. Shela bado kono mondo geshkere de beri de beisha kere. Let me get on the other side. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this man. He's a thinker. He's an analyzer. He's going to think about the plan. Then he's going to analyze the plan. Then he's going to analyze the analyzation of the plan. And like all of us, he's going to wonder, "Am I right?" Doubt it. Start it. Wonder about it. And then you're going to fight. You're going to put your sword in the air and in your hand. You're going to plant your feet, and you're going to begin to walk with the Almighty God, greater than you ever have before. You're going to take care of your family. You're going to take care, and finances are going to come. Increase is going to come. You're going to be a pillar in the house of it, of this church, and in the house of God. And God's going to use you like a great foundation. Everybody might not see it, but you're going to be a blessing here and a help here. In Jesus' name, can you say Amen? Shela bado gosho kola manegeshi kerele manegeshi. Father, I thank you. If he needs to slow his mind down just a little bit, just let it not wander all the time. Let it slow down just a little bit, and may the peace that passes understanding be here. In Jesus' name, does that bear witness with you? You understand, Amen. I fought through some of that, so I can understand. In the name of Jesus, <coughs> excuse me. I prayed over you this morning. I'll pray over you again tonight. If you're here next time I come, I'll pray for you again. You're going to win. You put it in your heart. I'm going to win. I'm a force to be reckoned with. I'm going to win. The wind might howl and the devil might scream and the lies might come, but I promise you, God, you and I are going to win because I'll never let go of the promises of the Almighty God. In Jesus' name, I anoint you tonight to make money. I anoint you tonight to be the money maker for your family, to find a way to get your hand on increase and in income. To rise up to be able to take care of your bride the way that you want in your heart. What you have now might be okay, I don't know, but it's not what I see coming. 
you put it in your heart. I, I'm a success going someplace to happen. I've got a dream in God. I have the promises of God. And, and see, people don't understand, but love, love gets a man up in the morning. Love causes him to work hard, put up with a boss he doesn't even like, do things he doesn't even care for because he loves his wife and his kids. I want to get an extra pair of shoes for my little girl. I want my wife to drive something nice and that's clean and it works. <coughs> and I thank you, Lord, I anoint this man to go get his hands on money and to bring it in and to bless this house and to bless his home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Time for you to have some nice things. Time for you to have some nice things. It's not like you're fussy or finicky or you're not okay with whatever. It's, you're not that at all. It's just God and your man would like you to have some nice things. In Jesus' name. What, what people would consider just pretty things. To bless you. In Jesus' name. I call it into your life. Not flashy, flamboyant, whatever, but some nice blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. You've had the other long enough now, haven't you? You've had the other long time to step over now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 15? I see God setting up your future for you. I, I see a good man coming into your life and good income coming into your life. And you just stay in the house of God and don't go to the world to get it. Let the Lord begin to bring it across your path and across your life. Some of the things that you're praying for and in your future, God's going to begin to rearrange things and to bring it into your life. In Jesus' name. I don't know if it makes any sense to you. You're pretty young, but I, I see you just being a good mom, holding your babies and having them run around the house and kind of this wonderful, joyous chaos that kids can bring and you say Lord this is this is the dream of my heart now this is what I wanted to be I just wanted to have my own home and build my own family and raise my babies for Jesus I bless you today in Jesus name Amen Amen Father, I thank you for clarity for my sister, for her future, her call, her place in God. Thank you for clarity of mind, clarity of vision. I thank you, Lord, that if there's any confusion or any cobwebs that need to be blown out, that they'll be blown out, that things will become crystal clear for my sister in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name couple of things in your life you just need the mind of Christ on the, the voice of God to speak to you for direction to come to you 
I want to encourage you, sister, direction's not only going to come, but this clarity is really going to come. You're going to see things at what people call 2020 vision. You're going to have clarity of vision. It's not going to be murky. Like you're walking in a dust cloud, you can't see things. <coughs> in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are not what people say. I, I don't know if you've ever been called names, but it sounds to me like you have at times. People can just be out and out cruel. You don't let those words get down inside of your thought processes. They are not that. They may try to convince you of that, but you're not. In Jesus' name, you are not dumb. You're not slow. You're going to have the mind of Christ and clarity of vision and clarity of dream. And you're going to think the thoughts of the Almighty God in Jesus' name. All of us, all of us wish at times we remembered more or we could figure things out. But sister, I promise you, you just stay with God. God is going to add to your intellect. God is going to invest in you. God is going to pour into you. And you're going to dream the dream of God and begin to see it manifest in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Is that bear witness with you? Thank you. Lord, bless this great couple that works so hard in this house and in life. I thank you that you'll increase their footprint, that they'll get more done in less time. Let their steps go further than at any time in their life. Help them to get more done, Lord, in, in an hour than some people get done all day long. I thank you, Lord, that what they get done now is more than most people but it'll even increase. It'll even increase. They'll be able to accomplish more in less time in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. I bless you in Jesus' name. I call your body healed and healthy and whole in the name of Jesus. Your future to be bright. You stay with the book. You stay with the scriptures. You stay with the holy people. Keep, let the Lord guide your steps and good things will come for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. She belonged to you. You're a good mama, aren't you, huh? God bless you. Hallelujah, everybody. Give the Lord a good hand clap, would you please? Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, there's this, I mean, there's a sweet presence and spirit in the house tonight, and I love how our church family is willing to be patient and wait on the Lord while everyone else is being ministered to. Uh, you guys are just the, the best church family in the world. And it's always incredible to hear the Lord speaking to each of you in so many different ways. And, and we know, we know you, so we know it's spot on. <laughs> so anyway, I love that. Praise God. Well, we are going to go ahead as uh, we close out tonight. And uh, we're going to take up our offering for, uh, for Ray and Janine. And we want to bless them really good for what uh, has been poured into us today. And we know, I mean, uh, there's no price tag on, on, on what, what God's uh, spoken to us and done for us tonight. But we want to send them on their way.
blessed really, really well so they can go on to the next churches and even uh, some of the further stuff down the road this year that God's going to send them to. So anyway, if you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers are going to give you one. And uh, I know Pastor Katie and I, we prayed about God, what does he want us to do when the Lord spoke to us? So um, I encourage you to always do that with every offering, but uh, amen. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving, and you uh, would use the guest speaker tab right there. So thank you uh, for, for doing that. Praise the Lord. Amen. We'll give you just a few minutes to, uh, to take care of that right there. But who's been blessed uh, this morning and tonight? Anybody? Amen. It has been an absolute blessing uh, to have them here with us. And I uh, can't wait till next time, you know, next year, whenever that uh, God brings them back out to us. But uh, we know that it's always, always good. And, uh, and we appreciate the ministry that God has here so much with them. Amen. Well, can we stand up together tonight? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to speak some uh, faith over this offering tonight as we sow it into them. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just raise our offering up if you got that. And it's just, uh, just between you and God. But we want to pray over this. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much uh, for the ministry that was received today, God. And Lord, we want to bless Ray and Janine and Many Waters International Ministries, God, as they move on to do uh, the next uh, the next things throughout the course of this year and beyond that you've called them to. May this seed, may this offering, Lord, be multiplied uh, in their ministry and, and, and go a very long way, Jesus, to get the gospel out all over the United States and all over the world, everywhere they go. Thank you for it. And Lord, I pray that each person that's giving tonight, Lord, that a harvest would come back into their lives in the name of Jesus and that you would multiply it back into us, God. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Uh, go ahead and bring your offering up. And then when you get back to your seats, we'll do the Barstow Faith Confession and we'll let you go. Okay. Go ahead and bring your offering up tonight. Let's go ahead and we're going to close out. And I know uh, everyone's got uh, get the kids to bed for school tomorrow for Barstow. I think it's the last week of school this week. Am I right for the Barstow School District? All right. Amen. Wow, those kids are getting excited. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's go ahead and pray and we will uh, do our faith confession and get on out of here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been brought forth today, Lord. This morning, we were talking about breakthrough, and Lord, tonight, we're talking about the fire of God, just like Peter saw and everyone else then, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you're doing a work in us, and you're going to complete it, Father, until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use us this week, Father. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... All right, let's speak some faith over Barstow tonight. Praise God.
we declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. See you Wednesday.